0: It's a joy to sing of God's greatness, but now we can also read of God's greatness. Please join me for the reading of God's word. Today's scripture is found in Mark 14, verses 1 through 11. Please remain standing for the reading of God's word. It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him, for they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. And while he was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at a table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and she poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, Why was the ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor, and they scolded her. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, and whenever you you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly, I say to you, whenever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the 12, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And and when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money and he sought an opportunity to betray him. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Good morning.
1: This summer, I hope that you have seen Jesus. The fast-paced gospel of Mark allows us to watch the narrative of Jesus' life and ministry unfold almost like an action movie. We see Jesus revealed The Jesus who has authority over creation when he calms the storm. In the midst of the wind and the waves, peace, be still. The Jesus who has compassion on those who are hurting when he feeds the crowds. Compassion like a shepherd has for his sheep. The Jesus who demonstrates power over illness and death when he heals the lame and the sick and raises the dead. As we breathe a collective sigh of relief at a young girl alive, little girl, get up. And ultimately, the Jesus who tells us with his own words, after his actions have already spoken, that he is Christ the King. I am. My name is Sarah O'Connor, and I serve as the pastor of children and families here at Kenwood. The most important thing that we teach our children here at Kenwood is, Who is Jesus? We all have to answer this question, Who is Jesus? We find ourselves asking during one of life's storms, Who is Jesus? During a time of need, Who is Jesus? Or in the face of illness and death, Who is Jesus? The Gospel of Mark answers this question, who is Jesus, as well as the other two questions posed by Christianity Explored. Why did Jesus come, and what does it mean for us? We just hosted a soccer camp at Kenwood because soccer is really, really popular right now, especially in Cincinnati. Go FCC. I see some people nodding. (laughs) My oldest son, Luke, loves soccer. He plays on a select team, he cheers for FC Cincinnati, and he enjoyed watching the World Cup. His favorite player is Lionel Messi. Messi is one of the best soccer players in the world and is regarded by many as one of the greatest players of all time. He plays for Barcelona and he leads the record for the most goals scored in La Liga with an amazing 383 goals. It's a lot of goals. We tend to value athletes highly. We know this because of what we give them, or what they get paid. Because of Messi's soccer skills, Messi is valued at over 400 million dollars. Luke, my son, would like to one day be this good of a soccer player, to be valued like Messi, at 400 million, and to have that many goals scored. But for Luke to know the value of Jesus is the most important thing to me. Today, you will see three very different evaluations of who Jesus is. I hope that you will not only see Jesus' value as Christ the King, but also value him as King in your own life. Mark 14 begins with telling us that it is two days before the Passover the most important event and feast in the Old Testament. God is in control of all of history's events, and the Passover celebration sets the stage for identifying and valuing Jesus. It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. What a fitting time for Jesus to demonstrate who he is during the Passover when God delivers his people from slavery, sin, and death. A woman identifies Jesus in the next scene in Mark's narrative, revealing who Jesus is in God's timing. She is at Simon's house, and takes an alabaster flask of expensive perfume and pours it over Jesus' head. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at a table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. The first evaluation of Jesus that we see is this woman's. Her name is Mary. Mary values Jesus as royalty and gives him the highest value. Mary, who is only named in John's gospel, was the sister of Martha and Lazarus. She had spent time listening to Jesus. She had seen him raise her brother from the dead after three days. She is among those at the dinner at Simon's house, but she is not at the table Instead, she comes in with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard. She breaks the flask and pours the contents over Jesus' head. The perfume in the flask was very expensive and must have not run over his head only, but down to his shoulders and down to his feet as well. The most expensive perfume that you can buy today is Clive Christian No. 1 Imperial Majesty. And it's perfume meant for royalty. It costs $435,000 for just a small bottle of a few ounces. You have to wonder what it smells like, right? Right? <laughs> Mary poured about 12 to 16 ounces, or roughly the size of a water bottle of extravagantly perfumed oil, onto Jesus' head, filling the entire house with the scent, a gift meant for royalty. This alabaster flask of perfume might have been Mary's family inheritance. Mary came, interrupted the meal, focused only on Jesus and anointed him as king with all she had. Can you smell the perfume? Mary placed the highest value on her king, but some there questioned spending that much on Jesus. The cost of this perfume and its use caused a great stir among the disciples and those there at Simon's house. They were uncomfortable over this display of affection for Christ. They were angry. The disciples complained about the cost wasted, which was a laborer's yearly wage, so that that Mary so lovingly lavished out and poured out onto Jesus. This alabaster flask of perfume might as well have been a bottle of Clive Christian, number one, Imperial Majesty, poured out and wasted to them. But to Mary, she wasted nothing. She anointed Jesus as king, sparing no cost, and prepared him for burial as royalty. Would our worship and recognition of Jesus be like this? While the rest of the guests muttered their angry complaints about wasted perfume and giving to the poor, Jesus answered them, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing for me. For you will always have the poor with you, but when, and whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body for burial beforehand. Her act demonstrates her love and her heart for Jesus, but also an understanding of the gospel. Mary knew Jesus would die. In fact, she is the only person who seems to know what is going to happen in a room full of Jesus' disciples. And so she is remembered in the preaching of the gospel to the whole world for her loving sacrifice. And truly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Mary responded to Jesus in worship. She anointed him as king and gave him the value of royalty. She held nothing back, and her worship of Jesus was expensive and elaborate. We honor her today as we read about her anointing Jesus, and Jesus' words are true. What she has done will be told in memory of her. What value do we place on Jesus? Does Christ have the highest value and place in our own lives, making our first desire to be to worship him as king and make him known to others as Mary did? The second evaluation of Jesus is Judas's. Judas Iscariot has a very different reaction to Jesus than Mary. He evaluates Jesus as common. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priest in order to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought an opportunity to betray him. Mary worshipped. Judas betrayed. Judas snuck off in the night and struck a deal with the chief priest. He looked for a time to sell Jesus out So sometime after the dinner and after Jesus had told his disciples that someone in that intimate Passover celebration would betray him, Judas left to do just that. He returned with a mob, seeking out Jesus in the garden, giving Jesus a kiss on the cheek, signaling that Jesus was the man that they were after. Mary gave Jesus the highest honor and highest value as king. Judas wrote Jesus off as nothing more than a common man, certainly not the Christ and the king. Matthew twenty six, fifteen tells us how much value Judas gave to Jesus, how much the chief priests paid Judas to betray Jesus. Judas sold out Jesus for only thirty pieces of silver. Small change in comparison to the cost of Mary's perfume and was actually the amount that one would have paid for a common slave during that time. Judas, one of Jesus' closest friends, instead of honoring him, betrayed him. Instead of giving to Jesus, he chose to profit from Jesus. He sold him out for a mere commoner's price, certainly not a king's. Judas responded to Jesus in betrayal. The value he placed on Jesus was cheap. Judas was one of the twelve. He called Jesus friend, rabbi, and claimed to know him, but he denied Jesus' infinite value to instead focus on his own gain. He gave Jesus only common value, and Jesus told us what would become of Judas. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not even been born. Do we ever choose the things of this world over Christ and value him as cheap? The value we place on Christ is often the value that we give to the church, the object of Christ's affection and who Christ died for. If we give limited value to the church, don't we limit the work of the church and the spread of the gospel? Mary valued Jesus as royalty, Judas valued him as common, and the third evaluation of Jesus is a terrible evaluation. To value Jesus as nothing. The chief priests were looking for a way to arrest Jesus and kill him, and now they had him. Jesus was taken under the cover of darkness at night to the high priest Caiaphas. And Caiaphas asks Jesus, What is it that these men testify against you? And Jesus is silent. Again, Caiaphas asks, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? He wants to know Jesus' value. Is Jesus the King? the awaited Messiah, or not? Jesus answers him, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. I am. Jesus identifies himself. This is a direct declaration of his own divinity. When Moses saw the burning bush in the wilderness, he asked God, who shall I tell the people of Israel has sent me? Moses wants to know who he's representing. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am, has sent me to you. Jesus tells Caiaphas that he is God. Caiaphas' response to Jesus was to condemn him to death for blasphemy. After all, he claimed to be divine, he claimed to be the ruler, he claimed to be the judge. But Caiaphas evaluates Jesus' value as nothing, and he never even asked if what Jesus said was true. He didn't believe. He had what he wanted, which was Jesus out of the way. Jesus accused and sent to be condemned to die like a guilty criminal. Worse than valuing Jesus as nothing, he viewed Jesus as dangerous and needing to be disposed of. Do we ever discard or ignore the truth of who Jesus is? Discard the king and ignore the Christ? Who is Jesus? I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Jesus answers this question with who he really is, God the King, and the Christ. Jesus regularly identifies himself as the Son of Man throughout the Gospel of Mark, and this was his answer to Caiaphas, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power. So who was Jesus saying that he is? Son of Man comes from Daniel chapter 7 and is from Daniel's vision of the Ancient of Days. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom is one that shall not be destroyed. Daniel 7 is the only place in the Old Testament that son of man is used. Daniel 7 is also the only place in the Old Testament that we find son of man and kingdom of God used together. The two phrases that are most often used by Jesus to describe who he is, his purpose, and what it means for us. If Jesus referred to himself most often as the Son of Man, shouldn't we recognize him as the Son of Man as well? The Son of Man rules forever, his kingdom does not end. Only the Son of Man deserves eternal service and worship by every people, nation, and language. The Son of Man is divine and worthy of that devotion, being given the throne by God himself. Only a ruler who is fully human, as the name Son of Man designates him to be, and fully divine, is worthy to rule forever and be praised in such a way. The title Son of Man signals the highest value. Jesus, being fully God and perfect man, will come in the clouds in power and in glory, coming as the very presence and being of God. Jesus as Christ and King, Jesus as ruler and judge, Jesus with the highest power and the highest glory, Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, the one promised to deliver us from the slavery of sin and death as the Passover lamb and the rightful king of all, who will rule forever. Throughout the Gospel of Mark, we have seen Jesus demonstrate who he is, and we have seen three very different responses to Jesus. Mary, who worshipped and gave Jesus the highest value as king. Judas, who rejected and valued Jesus as only a common man. And Caiaphas, who did not believe and gave no value to Jesus at all. Of these three evaluations, only one is right. Mary's, right? What value do you place on Jesus? Jesus is the unique son of man, Christ the King, who is enthroned at the right hand of God, we have to give Jesus the right value in our lives. Today, we can value Jesus like Mary. If you have never recognized Jesus as Christ and King, you can do so today. He waits for you to call him Savior and Lord and to give your life to him because he gave his life for yours on the cross. Today, we can value Jesus with actions. Our actions are how we communicate the value we give to a person, to our spouse, to our children, to our loved ones, to our friends. What you believe isn't what you say you believe. What you believe is what you do. C.S. Lewis speaks to giving value to Jesus like this. When it comes to Jesus, the only safe place to be is where you give a little more than you can afford to give. We often think we have limited resources, not just money, but time, maybe energy, gifts, or abilities. George Mueller was a missionary in Bristol, England. He prayed his way through life, fully dependent on God for everything. He began taking in orphans as he saw the many children living on the streets in Bristol, England in the 1800s. Over the years, George Mueller had more than 10,000 children live in his orphanage, and God always met their needs. Just taking care of that many children was an exercise in giving more for Jesus. Often they sat at the table for breakfast in the morning with nothing until God literally knocked on the door with a delivery of bread from a baker who God spoke to about giving bread to orphans that day and milk from a milkman whose milk cart had broken down outside their door and was needing to give the milk away before it spoiled. When a child was old enough to live on their own, George Mueller would pray with them, put a Bible in their right hand and a coin in their left. And he would tell them that if they would hold on to what was in their right hand, God would always make sure that they had something in their left. Our security is in our relationship with Christ. He is the most valuable. Mary understood this, and she gave a little more than she could afford to value Jesus. Most likely, her entire inheritance. What do we give to Christ? A little more than we can afford of ourselves, of our lives, of our resources? And finally, we can value Jesus, but it'll cost us. Valuing Jesus and sharing Jesus' value with others will cost us something. It might make people uncomfortable. It might make people angry. It might cost us to share the one who has the most value in our lives. Seek to value Jesus this week, no matter the cost, for he deserves our everything. Share him with others, no matter the cost, because we are told to count the cost of following Jesus and to take up our cross and follow him. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Remember Mark sixteen twenty four. And wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. May we give Christ the highest value and find our security in valuing him above all other things to share the gospel. He is Christ the King. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, help us today to know you as Christ the King. Help us to give to you the highest value in our lives. May we share your value with others as the most important person in our lives and the most needed person for them. Amen.